Hi everyone, I'm Alice. I'm an ER doctor and I have come to know that laughter and joy are the best medicine. On this podcast, I highlight joy in order to share some of this medicine with you. I'll be talking with different people about their joy, which inspires us to our own. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Today, I'm talking with Dr. Ryan Stedging. Dr. Stedging works as an outpatient general pediatrician and enjoys caring for patients from all over the world using his Spanish skills on a daily basis. He also enjoys encouraging colleagues and trainees, having been through burnout himself less than a year out of training. Part of Dr. Stedging's path through burnout, including optimizing his own charting and practice workflows. And he now coaches other physicians around charting so they can create margin to support their own values and priorities. I am thrilled that he is here with me today and I'm so excited to talk with him. Hi. Hi, (laughs) thanks so much. Thanks so much for having me on the show, Dr. Williams. I appreciate it. No, please call me Alice. (laughs) All right. You can call me Ryan. All right, Ryan. I love it. All right. So, Ryan, how do you define joy? Is it a thought, a feeling, an action, all three? So, it's a great question. For me, I think of joy as a feeling because there are thoughts that you can have that lead to that feeling. And from that feeling of joy, then you take certain actions. Maybe it's Uh, giving or generosity or serving um, or just celebrating. But for me, I think joy is more of a feeling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and what brings you joy? When do you feel the most joy? I feel the most joy when I'm helping others, whether it's at work or serving in the community, spending time with my family maybe times out in nature mm-hmm. with family or by myself. Mm-hmm. I just really love being around water, around mountains <laughs> when I can, because I'm from the Midwest where it's very flat, but yes. even just being around the reservoir and the mm-hmm. city park, mm-hmm. it's really life-giving to me. Yes, yes, I totally understand that. Nature is amazing. <laughs> mm. So could you please tell us about maybe a fun time that you had with your family while you were on vacation or maybe in in your business or just something that you really enjoyed? Yeah. So my wife and I, after I graduated from residency, rather than start right away, Mm -hmm. I was able to take about three weeks off. Looking back, I probably could have taken more. Uh (laughs) But we didn't have kids at this point, and we decided to take a road trip. Mm-hmm. And being from the Midwest, we decided to go west to the national parks. Um, we hit up Rocky Mountain National Park, Zion, Bryce, Arches, Grand Canyon, um, and even made it to Vegas for a night. Oh, wow. Uh, so it was just a great time getting to do some camping, mm-hmm. be out in nature. Now, I wouldn't recommend going to Arches in the middle of July. And <laughs> we briefly got lost in Canyonlands on a hike, but... Uh, I'm still here to talk with you now. So um, (laughs) overall, it was a really exciting time um, to just experience like the grandeur of nature. Yes, 
Yes, it sounds amazing, especially the Grand Canyon. It's so vast and just you oh, like yeah. a little tiny piece of that when you're looking at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we actually got to rent bikes and oh. ride along the, the rim, mm-hmm. not, too clo- not too close to the edge. Uh-huh. And where we stayed, um, he was also a guide. And he told us about this one unmarked uh, parking lot where you could hike up. And so we got to see sunset over the Grand Canyon with maybe about 25 other people. Oh, wow. So it was incredible. That sounds amazing. Oh, (laughs) it's like those special moments when you just, everything's right at the right time and you're there to appreciate it. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) It's just incredible. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. That sounds gorgeous. Oh, beautiful. I can even picture it as you're saying it. I can just see it in my head, what you're saying. That's so amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how about a story maybe about a time when you were feeling down and then something happened that lifted you up? Mm. That's a great question. And I know that many of us have had hard things and challenges in um, our lives. And for me, um, just a couple of years later, my wife and I were expecting twins mm-hmm. and we're about 19 weeks along. My wife's a nurse. And mm-hmm. so we were, we were both at work. It was probably the coldest day of the year, um, one January morning. And I've been texting back and forth with my wife. She thought she needed to go see her OB. And then I get a call from, uh, turns out one of my wife's colleagues and said, you need to come to the emergency room right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, um, we lost our, our twin boys at 19 weeks and I held them in my hands, perfectly formed mm-hmm. little humans. We didn't even get to the, the 20 week ultrasound to find oh. out, um, that they were little boys. Uh-huh. Um, so it was really tough, yes. but, but in that we saw the value of our faith our family and our friends. Um, mm-hmm. We had we had friends who who came to the hospital and met us that night um, after my wife's surgery. Um, mm-hmm. Friends who went to our apartment and got us a change of clothes because we had just come straight to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one who uh, they were wondering, it's like, what could they do to help? And mm-hmm. so he and his wife came and they were good friends. And he went and picked us up a pizza from a local place. And <laughs> after she was cleared from anesthesia, mm-hmm. we ate an entire large pizza at like midnight because we hadn't eaten hardly anything in the last 12 hours. Um, so just seeing the value of community mm-hmm. in the midst of grief and struggling, and then just keeping the mindset of that I can take that next step forward and there are others around you, those things that I just mentioned, this, mm-hmm. the faith, family, and friends to help support you and to go through that journey of grief because it's not a linear thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, there are ups and downs. And I was really thankful that uh, someone at the hospital told us that, mm-hmm. that there would be good days and hard days mm-hmm. and things that were triggers for me that weren't for my wife and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was going to, one of our favorite um, parks that we walked around and just thinking, I won't be bringing my boys here for a picnic. Um, so 
Yeah. And seeing over time how it doesn't mean I miss them any less. Mm-hmm. It just is that I'm able to come alongside others um, who may have walked a similar journey or uh, been through grief. And being able to use that has really been a valuable mindset shift for me to say their lives still matter mm-hmm. and have value both for me and for how I'm able to be more considerate um, as I'm interacting with others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like having gone through that, it makes you um, your ability to maybe empathize with another who's going through their own grief or, and mm-hmm. be able to support them and help them having been there yourself, being able to help them when the other person go through and move through whatever it is that's hard for them in their lives. Mm-hmm. I've also seen it in my own clinical practice, not only just acknowledging that grief is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, when those anniversaries come up, say a pediatric patient who's coming up on the anniversary of the loss of their parent, mm-hmm. or a new mama who comes in and I'm reading the discharge summary and I can see, hey, the, the notes suggest that is this your first pregnancy and mm-hmm. try and let them tell me and it's like, oh, I saw you, you might've had a prior loss and mm-hmm. how are you doing? And just mm-hmm. a little extra sensitivity as I'm asking those usual postpartum depression yeah. screening questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And maybe even once you've asked those, being able to assess what kind of support they have, because you just mentioned how important it was for you to have all the support mm-hmm. from family and friends. Yeah seeing if they're if they have that network or some kind of system or some kind of safety net to Mm -hmm. help them yeah 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 because it's really it's really important when we're going through tough times to have others that are there to hold our hands (laughs) give us a hug (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah well and especially with um this was even before covid and Mm -hmm. um just knowing that it's like how isolating that must have been to have to grieve um yeah without as many hugs um or just even visits yes um, Uh with family or friends especially for a long long time really hard yeah 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 wow yeah well we definitely are not in this alone so it's nice to be able to reach out yes (laughs) I need a little help here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me a story or something. <laughs> Get my mind uh-huh. off of this. <laughs> yeah. Well, and even just to laugh. I mean, we, yeah. my wife and I would enjoy, I mean, because at this point we didn't have any other children. And so coming home mm-hmm. and we were watching a, a show and it, we thought it was pretty, uh, pretty benign. But then it was like, oh, and then they talked about their brother. And it's like, oh, <laughs> it's like, can't watch that show anymore click so we ended up on uh ellen ellen degeneres and her game of games okay it was just silly nonsense and (laughs) it was yeah just finding those distractions but yeah um, not as a means to escape but just as a Mm -hmm. as a moment that you need to to be able to step back absolutely yeah no that's huge i think getting your mind off of it is really important and focusing on something else <laughs> like you said mm-hmm. a good comedy <laughs> and getting some laughter oh that's so healing yeah absolutely 100 percent. 
I really love that saying, and I don't even know where it came from or who was the first person to say it, but it's so true. And laughter is the best medicine. I agree 100% and I have used that and over and over and found it to be so helpful <laughs> in my own times when I just need something to shift or oh, focus on something else. If you can laugh, that at least breaks that, um, that maybe the, ch the chain of the downward spiral or the thinking or, you know, and you can just get out of it a little bit easier. So yeah, laughter mm -hmm. is huge. <laughs> Well, speaking of laughter, can you recall a time when you erupted into spontaneous laughter? Maybe it just came up and out of you. <laughs> yeah. So this one was me laughing at myself, along with others. Um, I certainly have some of those dad jokes now having um, two girls. But um, the one that I'm thinking of was, I think, uh, beginning of second year of medical school. Mm-hmm. I was volunteering at this free clinic and we do histories and physicals mm -hmm. and come out and present to the attending. Mm -hmm. And so I went in and if you didn't know something, you just wrote down what you had and you try and interpret it together. So I got to the past medical history, past surgeries, got to the medications and they didn't seem like they were having too many issues. So I wrote down what I thought was, I heard analopril. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote down a-N-A-L-P-R-O. And I come out and I just expected to have a moment to be able to review things and to uh, go and search and say, what is this medicine mm -hmm. um, that's spelled like this? And But unfortunately, the attending was ready right <laughs> then. And he's like, all right, tell me what you got. And so I'm going through things and I'm spelling it out. And then he looks at me and he says, wouldn't want to give him anal pro, which was what I had spelled. <laughs> So needless to say, we all had a good laugh at my expense, myself <laughs> laughing in, as well, but I never learned, never forgot how to spell analopril. So it was a fun, fun opportunity to say, all right, medicine, humor, and can't take yourself too seriously. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I guess they, they, they probably will never forget that as well as you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I haven't kept in touch with him, but I'm sure he'd still remember if I brought it up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, good that everybody could laugh because that is, sounds like a huge embarrassment. But if you could just laugh about it. <laughs> it's only for a moment. And then I was like, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> Did you turn completely red? <laughs> yeah, as I was laughing. There's definitely a bit of that. Oh, Maybe oh. I'm laughing more looking back on it than at the time, but right, right, it was, right. It was still humorous. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So we've talked about laughter making us feel good. Is there any other things that, that you do to feel good that puts you into that flow state, you know, where things are just going easy and you feel productive? Yeah, for me, it's often uh, feeling rested, getting enough sleep, being early in the morning and more of a morning person. 
um, having my coffee, maybe mm-hmm. quiet space, um, and some chill music, mm-hmm. sometimes with words, but um, overall, that's what I'd say. It's probably changed a little bit um, since with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's figuring out just when is a quiet space, or maybe I go to the coffee shop for an hour and then give my wife space to do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so it looks different in different seasons, I think, but mm-hmm. um, overall just having a little bit of concentrated space so that you can actually focus on something. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard a concept from Cal Newport, an author talking about deep work. Mm-hmm. And so getting into that flow state and being able to really think about something, whether it's uh, content for uh, a blog post, a podcast episode, mm-hmm. or maybe you're working on a publication and you really need to get that first draft done. Mm-hmm. And sometimes getting into that flow state allows you to get more done mm-hmm. in less time. Um, yes. But it's finding those ways to not fragment the time. Yes. Yes. It sounds like the quiet, um, reflective time is really helpful. That's what you're saying. It, being able to find that space to be quiet and reflective can really help you put you into the flow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Particularly for me as an introvert, um, those times can be really rejuvenating. Mm-hmm. Um, additionally, it's also figuring out, yeah, what gives me that energy. Yes. So it's not only getting stuff done, but what helps me recharge so that I'm able to be in that creative flow state. Yes, 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 absolutely, absolutely. So how has feeling good helped you be more successful? Yeah, so I think for me, feeling good has increased my Mm self-confidence and ultimately taking action. Mm -hmm. Um, Because for me, a lot of times I have, I mean, most of my career has been like learning Mm -hmm. and learning and learning and only third year of medical school. It's like it's been learning and doing with now more emphasis on the doing. Mm -hmm. So I've been really good at the learning Mm -hmm. but I think that self-confidence and putting things into action Mm -hmm. and doing it in such a way that I think the big thing that I've learned especially as I've realized oh about imposter syndrome and Mm -hmm. just getting out there and going for it you just have to you just have to go for it yeah and ultimately that action is what will allow you to see oh this worked this didn't where do i need to make tweaks and changes mm-hmm. ultimately increasing your self-confidence and your ability to grow mm-hmm. to learn and change rather than i'm so self-confident that i can do this perfectly right now because i'm not going to get there in terms of that 100 yes. percent self-confidence that i know this is going to work because <laughs> it's something i've done i'm doing that's new right so right I allowing think, us think- to be perfectly imperfect <laughs> yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. giving us so. our, the, the chance to, to to get good at something and not expect us mm-hmm. to be good at it just the first exact time that we try it or whatever yeah yeah for me i saw this even with my podcast mm-hmm. like the first probably eight episodes i was so all in my head that i had to write it out and kind of tried to read it in an engaging manner. Mm-hmm. But then I realized I don't have time for that. And I also <laughs> I also hadn't learned about uh, 
there's various services that will help transcribe your mm -hmm. audio. Yes. But just getting to the point where I'm able to have an outline mm -hmm. and just to speak and how to reduce some of the filler words that I often still use. Mm -hmm. But just to realize you can pause yes. and let there be some space. Mm -hmm. It gives even your listeners a chance to to reflect. And so that's been part of my action and confidence kind of fueling each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that's beautiful. Well said. Do you have any uh, daily practices, routines, or habits that you do to connect to your joy? So for me, um, I'm a praying person mm -hmm. and uh, read some scripture and mm -hmm. um, just having some some quiet time, mm -hmm. um, reflection. And so for others that might be just reading and meditation, uh -huh. but for me, that's kind of my morning routine with a cup of coffee and mm -hmm. try and get up a little bit earlier than I might otherwise so that if the toddler is up then I can at least get in five <laughs> ten minutes um, so again different seasons and different opportunities but I think just having that to come back to has been really helpful for me mm -hmm. reconnecting to my joy because I think it's it's not only a feeling mm -hmm. it's also um, intentionality in those okay. thoughts that lead to the joy yes um, yes absolutely do you have any um, tips that you can give to maybe help others find their joy? So I think the biggest thing that I would say to someone looking to find their joy is to find, yeah, those supports. Yeah, for me, I said it was faith, family, and friends. Yes. And just how you make sense of the world and make it through life. Really, it's those priorities and mm -hmm. those things that are life-giving to you. Mm -hmm. And it's going to look different for different people. But taking the time to slow down and to, whether that's your morning routine, that getting into flow state, finding what's meaningful and life-giving to you can really allow you to, to think those intentional thoughts that, mm -hmm. that lead you to joy when you're like, hey, I'm doing what I was made to do. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. Well said. I love that. <laughs> so where can people find find you if they want to find out more about your what you're doing or potentially work with you? Where can they find you? Yeah, thanks for asking. The biggest things would be um, the MedEdWell podcast. Mm -hmm. so it's on all the major podcast players. Mm -hmm. My biggest social media is probably Instagram or LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, MedEdWell. And if you want to work with me in the charting coaching, I have a wait list at chartingmastery.net. Great. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here, Ryan. I have loved having this conversation with you. I appreciate you sharing all of your tips and tricks and thoughts and what's worked and what hasn't, your life experiences. It's been such a pleasure. <laughs> it's been a pleasure being here. Thanks so much. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I have really loved having this conversation. And please join me in the next one. Mwah.